This is Chris Riley uh, from across the pond, uh, London, England. Uh, g'day, mate. <laughs> and you're listening to Rock Strikes 10. Hey, this is Julian Gill from the KISS FAQ Podcast, and you're listening to Rock Strikes 10. Hey, this is Greg Renoff, author of Van Halen Rising, and you're listening to Rock Strikes 10. Hey, this is Aaron Camaro from the Decibel Geek Podcast. You're listening to Rock Strikes 10. Kick ass. Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Strikes 10. Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or whether you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. All right, finally, 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 it is time for part two of Rock Strikes 10's coverage of the first annual Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Long time coming. I don't know what happened. Much like the expo, it's been kind of a blur the last few weeks. And I was like, these are going to be the easiest shows to put out because I wasn't going to edit any of the dialogue and just put it out in songs and done. Like, I was planning on having these shows done right when I got home. No bull. So this is the episode where I apologize to the people where the recording is messed up. So we have certain people that are missing in action on this Rock and Pod Expo coverage. So I wholeheartedly apologize to AJ Zonin from Pennsylvania. You came on the show and we talked for a little bit and you requested a song. I want to say I think it was a King's X song because I remember us talking about King's X. Uh, I just don't remember. But one thing I do know is that I lost our conversation, so I apologize to you publicly on air. If uh, send me a message, and I'll figure out a way that we can make this up to you. Also, I I freaking got Gary Corbett. He was my one get that I wanted for the podcast, as far as like non-podcasters go. It's Gary Corbett who played keyboards on two Kiss tours, played with Cinderella. He wrote Shebop and played some stuff on She's So Unusual. Nice guy. I cornered him for about 10 minutes. Talked to him. Lost the audio. Didn't get it. Oh, my God. And uh, one of the other big ones was, and and this is uh, this sucks, but at the same time, I'm glad that I have decent access to this guy, uh, the great Mark Striegel, my buddy from Talking Metal. And I help co-host Talking Rock with him, especially lately, so go look up Talking Rock on iTunes. That's another plug for you. And just an overall good guy. And I lost our conversation. But one thing I definitely remember about our conversation is the song he requested. Because it was pretty random. And I remember it because this was a band that had opened up for Ghost a couple of tours ago. So I was like, oh yeah, I know them. So I'm going to kick things off today with Mark Striegel's request. And then we're going to get into, much like we did on part one, my talking with some fellow podcasters and new friends and their song requests. I'm going to come back at the end of about nine segments. You'll hear it because I'll be live in the studio once again, wrapping up 
the talk about the National Rocket Pod Expo and also making a couple of extra programming notes and filling in some more of the blanks. So enjoy this. This is Mark Striegel's request kicking off the show. This is an interesting one. I think you're going to like this one. So this is King Dude with Lucifer's The Light of the World. Lucifer's the light, tell me what's that light? Lucifer's the light, tell me what's that light? Lucifer's the light, Lucifer's the light of the world. Tell me what's that sun? Lucifer's the sun, tell me what's that sun? Lucifer's the sun, tell me what's that sun? Lucifer's the sun, Lucifer's the sun of the world. He walked down to the garden, servitor, shall we begin? God up above wants you so dumb What kind of devil does that make you? Tell me what's that light Lucifer's light Tell me what's that light Lucifer's the light Tell me what's that light Lucifer's the light Lucifer's the light of the world Tell me what's that sun Lucifer's the sun Tell me what's that sun Lucifer's the sun Tell me what's that sun Lucifer's the sun Lucifer's the sun of the world Adam's lawn was upon Eve He said, woman, you made me sin He said the truth God came down from above Took the stake just to let the light in Tell me what's that light Lucifer's light Tell me what's that light Lucifer's the light Tell me what's that light Lucifer's the light Lucifer's the light of the world Tell me what's that sun Lucifer's the sun Tell me what's that sun Lucifer's the sun Tell me what's that sun Lucifer's the sun, Lucifer's the sun of the world God came down from heaven, said what have you two done? Say so said if that's the gun of God, you're gonna be maybe heaven ain't so much fun Tell me what's that light, Lucifer's the light, tell me what's that light Lucifer's the light, tell me what's that light Lucifer's the light, Lucifer's the light of the world We're back here. Rock Strikes 10, live yet canned from the Nashville Rocket Pod Expo. I'm sitting behind one of the massive cogs of the Rocket Pod Expo, the great Aaron Camaro of the Decibel Geek Podcast. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, but I can't really honestly take as much credit for this as everybody keeps giving me. And as much as I love it, all day long, everyone's been like, thank Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro for making this happen. But to be totally honest with you, this thing's probably 98% Sinzak. Yeah. This is all his baby right here. But you're guilty by association, totally. win, lose, or draw. So, so I'll take it. Yeah. You know, if this yeah. had been a complete failure, which clearly it's not, then I'd be like, well, I didn't really know that much about it. But yeah. since it's such a success, I'll say thank you. Thank okay. you. And I'm glad you came down. Yeah. And uh, I know you've covered some of these topics on Decibel Geek. Once again, Decibel Geek Podcast. Um, by the way, that Dick Wagner interview that you guys did. If you hadn't done those, 
I didn't. I wouldn't have had an end to Dick Wagner, and that's one of the few big guests I've ever had on my show. He was amazing. And I, we, I had the honor before he passed. Yeah. And uh, so that right there alone, we're brothers. Totally. Um, and it's things like that that make me look back on what you know, what we're doing, what you're doing, and those moments that people go, well, you know, you've been doing it for six years now. Has it become work yet? Is it a chore? No. You know, it's amazing. I'm just as excited today to do any kind of you know interview we can get or do any kind of provide any kind of entertainment we can as i did when we first started doing it and man that them conversations with dick wagner are some absolutely my most treasured memories of the entire time that we've been doing decibel geek for sure all right i'm gonna do a little Amazing bit of man. thank you i'm gonna do a little bit of rock and wrestling okay, okay all right let's start with the rock real quick because uh, we got a, we got a wrestling show brewing on the CNJ Radio Network soon. Right on. Uh, Everybody knows I love the professional wrestling. Yeah, we're brothers in that. We wolf packed earlier. So, yeah, we did. Uh, favorite theme, favorite wrestling theme. Pick them one. Oh, Gun man. to your head. Because we have some greatest hits out there, you know. Right. I think personally, if you look at awesomeness of song and how well it fits the person coming to the ring to it, it's a tie for first place for me. I always loved Hollywood Hulk Hogan during the NWO days. The Voodoo Child. Using Voodoo Child. Yeah. I thought that was just perfect for well him done. and what he was doing. And also, in ECW, Shane Douglas using Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple. Hell yeah. Amazing. Perfect song to walk to the ring to. It's got that that pacing to it. Yeah. Just you can't you can't beat that. Yeah, you make them wait. That's psychology. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Those are absolute my two favorite wrestling yeah. so, uh, theme songs yeah. for sure. And I know uh, when you guys do the Radio Sucks Radio series, you talk about your days as a DJ, yeah. like on on corporate rock radio. That it was. Now I've heard some stories between you and like old Howard Stern stories. Uh, going off the playlist, did you ever do it? And for the benefit of my listeners that might not have heard some of these stories, because I know you probably waxed a bit about it. I've heard it. Um, sure. Going off the playlist, did you do it? Did someone else do it? Uh, songs and consequences. Well, you know, when I first started on radio, I was, I was first off, I was lucky to get it. I didn't have any kind of schooling. I was just, I kind of got the gig by accident. You got so, that voice, man. So when I first started, and, and a passion for the music, and that's what hurt me in radio is because I would want, I was I was picturing a podcast in my head, but in the constraints of a radio program where you you got a couple of seconds here, you got like thirty seconds to introduce this this and say what that was. It started out for me. I would bring ACDC albums in because I would get sick of people going, calling the station, going, "Ah, you shook me all night long again." That just played a couple of hours ago, and so what I started doing. I it started kind of innocent. I would bring in other ACDC songs. I would play Touch Too Much or Girls Got Rhythm. Or, Which is an, you know, a, a very appropriate and well-played classic rock song at right, this point. Right, totally. You know? And sometimes I would go go for broke and play something off the Ace Frehley 78 solo album. Ooh. And what would always happen would be like the phone lines would light up. And I'd answer one and they'd be like, I can't believe you're playing this song. This is so awesome. You're the best. Next one. Oh, man, I love Ace Frehley. I can't believe I'm hearing it on the radio. Awesome. Next one. Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Next one. Hey, this is Steve. Um, was just tuned into the station. What the hell are you playing? Oh, <laughs> well, this is this is a oh, this is a great song by Ace Frehley off the 1978 solo album. And hey, did you know that in 78? They listen. No, you know, and I'd really try to pitch it to him a lot, you know, and every opportunity I would have to to have create some sort of show where I did have free reign to play what I wanted to play, I would do it. But when I came into radio, it was like 98, 
and it was it was the end of an era. It really was yeah. because I was witness to the computers being put yeah. in and the old track machines yeah. being taken out and stuff and everything changed. And you know, I got that was I got in trouble a lot. Yeah, you a know, a lot. Uh, if you uh, do you remember you remember Z-Rock? Well, I don't remember hearing about hearing about yeah. yeah. Right? So they aired it in California. There was the Canex stuff. And then Z-Rock was actually Dallas-based, where I'm from. Okay. And it was just like what you hear about K-Nak. It was hard rock and heavy metal. Right. And they would play anything from Trickster to Slayer. Cool. And at some point, they went belly up. And at the same time K-Nak went off the air, I think they might have been owned by the same guys. Yeah. But they went off the air, and then they started hiring all the old jocks from Z-Rock onto my local rock station that was more top 40-ish. Oh, right on. And then they put them on the night shifts. And within a few years, they were all gone again. Damn! They all went off the playlist. Every every one of them just kind right. of went renegade on it. Yeah, I but mean, but, but they, they they had the best shows though. Right, totally. Because you know you got to think there was a time when you would have a guy like Wolfman Jack, you know, and that guy had personality yeah. and all this, and he would be fun to listen to. And he himself was a star, you know, and you could you could like enjoy him as as an entertainer as well as enjoy the music that he was playing for you because he was playing what he wanted you yeah. to hear. You yeah, know? Yeah. And so your DJs would have their own flavors because they were playing what they wanted to play. Yeah. They and were, then, they were then, the first podcast because they were totally, literally pirate radio. Totally, you know? yeah. and, that, and it's come full circle now. And look around this room and you see all kinds of people that, you know, any, all these guys, you know, would not get hired on radio, more likely, myself even, because I'm guilty of not being a good DJ by the rules, you sure, know? by the rules. And so we're not, none of us are going to be radio DJs, Camaro. but... Sh -sh -sh shadows. Nice. But we are, you know, we're doing something special here with these podcasts and providing entertainment. You know, we, we were on 105.9 with Lonnie during yeah. Metalworks last week or so ago, and... Man, God bless 105.9 here in Nashville for giving him them two, three hours to do that Metalworks show because he's getting to play what he thinks should be played. Yeah. You got to respect the hell out of that. I don't think they know? really, and I, I love Sirius, but I don't even think they have that on Sirius. Like, no. every time, I was saying this earlier, like if they're playing White Lion on Sirius, it's always when the children cry. Yeah. They barely play like Tell Me, and that was a damn single. Right. You know, just as an example. Yeah. But uh, they need to let those guys bring in their record collection once in a while. Totally. You know, and it gives a lot of flavor to a radio show and to a DJ themselves and sets yeah. them apart from the next guy. Yeah. If you got the guys, you got three different DJs through the course of the day and they're all playing the same music, what sets them apart? Yeah, nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. Okay, so we can either go one or two ways. I like your perfect stranger's answer. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, this is your segment. Gun to your head, one song. You get one song on Rock Strikes 10. What's it gonna be on the spot, Aaron Camaro? Oh, so you're gonna play a song, and I get to I get you to get to program it. You get to program it. Yeah. Let's see. For free. I'm taking payola normally. Oh, but, nice. Uh, All right. Since yeah. you're giving me for free, um, you know, it's always my duty to play some Ace Frehley wherever I go. When I went on 105.9 a week ago, I played a new Ace Frehley song. But I think for you guys, I'm gonna go back to the '78 solo and a song I've always loved. And right now I'm kind of relating to because I've had a few beers and I'm having a good time. Let's do some Ace Fraley from 1978, Ozone.
Hello, everybody. Once again, it's your pal Joey, Rock Strikes 10, live yet canned at the Rock and Nashville Rock and Fight Expo. I've been saying that all day. It's high comedy. So joining me now, and I got to say, I'm going to kiss your ass a little bit here. During the original Wild West days of the KISS websites, the first thing that I really glommed onto was the KISS album focus. I actually have the man who wrote those things sitting right here next to me. Julian Gill, welcome to Rock Strikes 10. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on. It's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure, and thank you for the kind words that you've just made about a, a project that was a labor of love many years ago. Yeah, I mean, uh, I could go on and on. Hours of reading. I even told him I'm going to finally start plunking down the books. I'll tell you, I've never been more broke in my life than when you finally went physical with the album focus. Got none of them, and it, it, it hurts me right here. And eventually they will be mine. Maybe I'll buy the compendium when I get a bonus or something. So. And you know what? There's always iTunes or Kindle versions. Yeah. So, you know, there's I'm always, a physical always, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm a physical man. You know, you got to have it in your hands sometimes, and that does yeah. help. So, you know, there's lots of different versions out there. So hopefully one day, and if not, I'll sort you out. Yeah. Well, Julian's a very popular and busy man here today, so I'm going to let you get back to your table. Uh, I'm giving you one song for free. I'm charging everybody else, but since you're such the man, you get one song to play on Rock Strikes 10. Anything goes, anything from Abba to Zappa, what do you got? I got Zodiac, Mind Warp, and The Love Reaction. And uh, I'm in the South right now for the first time in my life. So his second album, which uh, only got released really on a little label in France, had a great song on it, first single, Elvis Died For You. Brilliant.
You're back here on Rock Strikes Tim with Joey. I hope it's coming through well. There are live podcasts on the stage. There's people podcasting all over the damn place. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting this time. I've been standing all day. But I'm sitting here with the great Greg Renoff, uh, rock author. Importantly, right now we're pushing Van Halen Rising. As a Van Halen fan, I've read a couple of books about Van Halen. I've read a couple of the official releases, the Sammy one, of course. Uh, everybody wants some by, you know, good books. Um, so what is, what was your angle here in Van Halen rising? Do a little, we'll do a little readers digest people magazine here. Yeah. So my angle on it was as a Van Halen fan, I felt like I knew quite a bit about the band's activities post 1978 or so when they became famous, especially the, you know, especially with Sammy's book, with Dave's book, I felt there'd been a lot of ground tried that, um, Ian Christie's book, which I really like, everybody wants some really good book. They, these had books had covered all this time, but I really felt like most of these books had done very, very little, if anything at all, on the band's origins and the band's beginnings. And so when I really started to find out when Roth paired up with the Van Halen Brothers in 1973, and then I started talking to people from Pasadena, interviewing people who went to high school with Eddie Nanlux, and I realized they were gigging with a bassist named Mark Stone as far back as 1970, 1971, I started to realize there was about eight years of quote unquote Van Halen prehistory, if you prefer Van Halen history. Yeah. And all, all we really had was the, uh, the, the bootleg, you know, cover sets right. and the Gene Simmons demo. Right. That's all we had to go off of. And so for me as a fan, I really wanted to know how Roth and Eddie made it, a, made a go of it at the beginning. I knew that was not the easiest transition when they had sort of joined up together. I really wanted to know as a, as a Kiss and Van Halen fan about the whole Gene Simmons saga, which I yeah. felt, you know, you, you could either take Gene's word for it or Dave's word for it. And there were sort of all these mixed narratives about what really happened and i was really interested in trying to put the timeline together about how that came to pass and then thinking about why it took them so long to get a record deal that too actually was one of my main motivators because it was kind of mystifying i'm sure you feel the same way as yeah. van halen yeah you're thinking they how are possible such, yeah. that van halen was trying to get a record deal for basically three plus years in, in hollywood and la and they couldn't get a deal until 77. yeah as, as as just a regular van halen i'm not a regular van halen fan but here's here's the question that they never put to the actual players themselves. They never talk about this with Dave Hagar or the Van Halen brothers at all. And to me, the most fascinating thing about Van Halen is that they're probably the most public yet enigmatic act ever. More so 
than any band I could whip off, like with a gun to my head. They're so freaking ghost-like and private. I mean, you find out some of these things later, but like when they disappear, they're gone. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't live out in California, so I don't have the, uh, I don't have my nose to the ground, but everybody else who lives out there doesn't seem to have an idea that when they're, I'm totally getting out of the early years here, but, um, but like when they, question. when they go off, they literally, they invented off the grid. They yeah, really did. I, I think my read on that is that Alex particularly is a big Zeppelin fan. And I think part of what the brothers seem to have embraced with this idea that by not being accessible in terms of your day-to-day activities and not giving fans a lot of update, there's a mystique that builds just like there was about Zeppelin. Like no one really knew about like what Jimmy Page and Robert Plant were up to. And there was sort of this, this shadowy with the, cause of the whole, you know, Peter Grant sort of like yeah, yeah. thuggish sort of mentality. Yeah. And so they were very, they were very inaccessible to the public. And I think, do you think the Pete brothers, Angelus was uh, one no, of those no, guys? No, 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 no. Yeah, Pete, yeah, Pete, you saw him in the Yankee Rose video. He was a badass. No, yeah, yeah. I, I think that that was part of their, their thinking is that when we were doing something and it's out, that's when we'll tell you. Okay. Until then, we don't, and I think that's I think that's kind of throws back to what they think that sort of overexposing yourself yeah. is self self-defeating although maybe you and i wouldn't agree with that yeah. especially in today's media because yeah, I mean, we want all the content we want all the outtakes we want all the dvds and I, you know i think that's i that's the best read on it i have is that yeah. that's sort of where it, it comes from that they they just have never been interested in doing what a band like kiss does, <laughs> yeah. a band like any of the bands that are on instagram where they're continually like giving you sort of a day-by-day yeah. of what they're doing and what they, that's never going to be yeah, thing. I'm just constantly fascinated by that for sure. Um, okay, I appreciate the time you've given up here to be on Rock Strikes Ten. I'm gonna do a quick. I'm gonna do a real quick. I'm gonna add this off because I'm trying to think of the word to say. Uh, I'm gonna do a quick lightning round with you, okay. and then I'm gonna hit you really hard at the end because people get really frustrated about this one. First concert. My first concert. You're gonna love this one. My first real concert I went to was the Go Go's and Flock of Seagulls at Madison Square Garden. Love it. 1982. My sister, who was three three years younger than me, was the big motivator for that. It was really, really pestering my mother. And my mother was like, okay, fine. And she got tickets. And she asked me whether I wanted to go. And I was like, I guess. Like, it was basically like either go to see the Go-Go's or like go to be stay at somebody's house I didn't want to stay at or something. Like one of her friends. Or I was like, okay. And uh, I remember very, very vividly that Madison Square Garden was shaking from all the girls doing the Go-Go's dance. And the Go-Go, that was at the peak of the Go-Go's. And so that was a yeah. big... You know, for me as a, as a kid, to have that be my first rock concert experience, although it was not my genre of music sure. I ended up liking, but to see how powerful pop and rock music can be for people and to see all these girls who are so into the Go-Go's, it was really quite an experience, actually, in retrospect, yeah. All right. This is a, this one just came to me. Uh, favorite rock book that's not yours? Favorite rock book's my... You know what? The one book I really, really like, I think it's by a guy named Tony Fletcher. He wrote a book called Moon. And the reason I'm thinking about this is is that I just saw it yesterday in a used bookstore. It's the biography of Keith Moon. It was one of the first rock bios I really read. It came out about 10 years ago. Uh, you know, other than the books I read as a teenager or something like, no one here gets out alive. But just, it actually did such a great 
work in explaining why moon was the way moon was instead of like being moon the loon was probably that moon actually had a psychological disorder like he literally was someone who probably in a different line of work would have been medicated and would have been like under a doctor's care yeah especially so, in europe that's yeah, what they do they, and they, so yeah. to understand that probably moon had some sort of a personality disorder that was basically borderline like where in most people you would not be you would not be allowed to like do, live your life like that. Yeah. It, made, it made like, why do you drive a car into a swimming pool? Well, you're moon, you're kids moon, but no, actually, you're probably have a psychological problem. So yeah. that was actually, and it was a, a book too that I thought was really sensitive to a subject. It wasn't trying to make moon into a freak. It just sort of made you sort of sympathize with them to say like, here's this guy who's got this condition, and he's just acting this way because this is how he feels compelled to act by these compulsions, basically. Yeah, yeah I truly believe that the Who shut down that rock and roll circus. And that's why it never came out until the 90s. They were that good that day. They were that good in that period really good, yeah. that they literally caused the movie to not happen. What a great, what they a great blew them out of the, the, I love that one. Out of the country. Yeah. Okay. Uh, gun to your head. Maybe you're on Death Row or maybe you're just on Rock Strikes 10. You get one song to play on a show. doesn't matter what it is. You can go Van Halen if you want. You can play anything you want. One song. What are you playing? This is your one song to, to get yourself over with my listeners. The few, the proud. Greg Renoff, your one song. I'm, I'm, I'm giving him some time to yeah, think about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I am going to do, you're going to like this. I'm going to do uh, What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers. Ooh, all right. So my angle on that song is. Ted, produced by Ted, Ted Templeman. Templeman book, yeah, Ted Templeman uh, song. And one of the things that's really interesting about that is yeah. that's 1979. And this brings us full circle. Year I was born. That was a big. That was a big year for Ted and for Van Halen. So Van Halen has Van Halen 2, goes platinum. The Doobie Brothers win all the Grammys that year yep. with Minute by Minute. And then Nicolette Larson was Ted's other act that he had that year went gold. Her record went gold. And so it's interesting to think about all of these bands on the label that were doing so well in the late 70s. And so What a Fool Believes was sort of the song that, honestly, uh, you know, for me... It says as much as Ted as a producer as any of the stuff he did with Van Halen. It just was such a it's such a great classic number one single and sort of an oddball track that you know would have uh, would have probably in the hands of another producer maybe not worked as well. Good answer. All right, thank you, Greg Renoff, for being on Rock Strikes Ten. Pleasure.
block it. Alright, I'm seeing levels. Okay, we're good. Hey, it's Joey once again, Rock Strikes 10. We're in like the third wind of this day. <laughs> and uh, I'm standing outside in the parking lot. So we, we just saw the heavy metal parking lot screening a few hours ago. We're literally in the parking lot because there's another show on there. I don't even know what show's on there now, but they're loud as shit. Uh, so we came out here to record in the parking lot. So you're the parking lot recording. Brian Sword of the Double Stop Podcast. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, man? Good, man. Is this overwhelming or is this like at home? Uh, I'm starting to get my legs now, I think. At yeah. first, it was a little overwhelming just meeting all these people who I know but have never met, you know, yeah. and, you know, all these voices that you spent, you know, some yeah. of them on the phone for a couple hours, and then all of a sudden you're, you're in front of them, and it's so surreal. Yeah, you come recommended from good people. I will majorly confess, put it right there on Front Street, I've never listened to an episode of The Double Stop. <laughs> if you haven't listened to Rock Strikes 10, I totally understand. Uh, it's just really hard. I'm one of those guys that doesn't get to listen to podcasts that work like every other asshole here. Yeah, right. So We, we spend too much time making them. Yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> I'm loyal to, you know, half to a dozen. Yeah. But, um, I gotta, you know, I am very intrigued about your show, and I do mean that, because I've heard your name enough, like I said. Uh, Gateway episode. One episode you could recommend... Even if it, even if you think it's not your best, like what's the most fun? If I listen to it, I would subscribe. I've become a loyal listener. I'm gonna right say at you. my Steve Stevens interview. Ooh, yeah. So yeah. that was a really good one. Um, but that was when Billy Idol's last record came out. You know, it came out on a Tuesday. Postcards from the was it was it the King King of the uh, yeah of the underworld King of the underworld yeah. yeah I don't know why I can't remember that name but so, I actually love that record that song uh, uh, bring me down I think the single awesome. that is one of the best songs that's I've heard awesome. in ten yeah. years yeah so sorry three days before the record came out Steve Stevens gave me an hour wow uh, for an interview which Damn. is just like great didn't that guy play on Rebel Yell yeah, no he played on everything <laughs> I'm kidding yeah. I'm like I'm like he's yeah he's talking to us people like us yeah exactly it's, it's crazy yeah, isn't exactly. it exactly yeah how does yeah. this happen he only and, played and on a few records did, I do a career overview profile interview so we yeah. started in childhood of when they learned their instrument or whatever sure. and all the way to today nice. and so we went through everything except like Atomic Playboys on, oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. I, I forgot Michael Jackson Oh, dude. Oh, no, well, right? he's told that story. He's sick of that yeah, story. But uh, He told that on Howard Stern. That was uh, pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. So I like the hand notes. But, uh, yeah, I think that, that's a real, that was a really strong one. And then Greg Renoff, who wrote Van Halen Rising, actually... That's a, a nice guy. ...took a mention of it in his article on Guitar World. Oh, cool, and man. And so, like, that was, you know, pretty big feather that's in my big, cap uh, to be, have the show mentioned in Guitar World. That is big-time stuff. Rent. I grew up reading it. Still read it occasionally. Yeah, me too. Prince not totally dead. All right, so quick rapid fire, and then we'll get to your song pick. I'm charging people for this and pay all the gas money, but <laughs> you're a nice enough guy. I'm going to let you have one for free. Okay. Uh, first concert. Gowan. Gowan. I'm from Cowan. So I'm from Canada. So Gowan. Good day, mate. Yeah. Right, who's so. in Sticks now. But back then, he was Gowan, and okay. it was very much like Duran Duran kind of music. All right. And uh, I lived 10 hours north of Toronto. Okay. So... You have to imagine it's yeah. nothing but trees. So yeah. no no uh, concerts came up there, but he actually came up when I was 12, and that was nice. my first show. I've had a lot of Canadian-slash-Texas conversations as we've been here this weekend. It's been fun. Yeah. That, that's a good one. That's a random selection. Yeah. I'm glad you're being honest, uh, even if it was embarrassing or not. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. First record you remember owning? Uh, Michael Jackson Thriller. Okay, that's probably mine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can remember my 45s more in the full lengths for some reason in that Ooh. era, because mine was like Down Under and, uh, you know, like 
Shebop. I even told Corbett that. Yeah, that's funny. Stuff like that. Yeah, okay. I had Michael Jackson into right, transition into Duran Duran. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. So, like, you went New Romantic. I could probably, you should check out the, my Deep Wave episode from a few years ago. We did uh, kind of non-obvious new wave, like oh, right. like kind of the BC selections. Like <laughs> we were always like third single fans, yeah. you know. So like, but we but we stuff like hanging on a heart attack by device and uh, pole cats make a circuit with me. Like that's that's kind of my strong suit of the '80s. Yeah, uh, you know, fronting a little bit, but uh, yeah, man. How about this? You get one song, gun to your head. You're representing yourself. You're representing the Double Stop podcast. What are you playing for the listeners of Rock well, Strikes In? This if, is a good guy here. If I'm going to say that Steve Stevens was, you know, the, the interview, then I got to go with Rebel Yeah. Done deal. Studio or live? Studio. All right. For the full effect of the the ray gun and the guitar solo. Be- yeah, brilliant. <laughs>
All right, goodness, my voice is kind of still intact by just a hair. I am sitting. Sometimes I'm sitting and sometimes I'm standing. I am sitting here live yet canned at the Nashville Rock and Pot Expo with... I I was glomming over this guy in the lobby because, first of all, I was excited to meet him in person for the first time. And I was hanging out. We're, we're going to name drop some famous podcasters here. Hanging out in the uh, the lobby of the inn with Michael Butler and the Striegels and Astronomy. And BJ Cram shows up. And I immediately just start talking about him like my mom talks about me. No bullshit. I said, this fucking guy right here, because I know for a fact that, like, I talk to Striegel a lot. I've been trying to get him to listen to your show. And you know how it is with people like us. Like, we we can be loyal to a few shows, and that's about it. That's all the time we have. We're busy fucking guys. you got kids. You understand this. I have one kid. I know that Striegel listened to, like, grunge episode, which is not the best. No, but he, I guarantee, I, I am going to, if I do anything in this life, Striegel will come do a No Shame episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, him and Emily said they want to do a No Shame episode. Yeah, that would be tremendous. Yeah, we tried to set it up before we, before this. We'll, we'll do it. Yeah. And, sorry, sometimes the noise makes me stop down. I'll edit this off. Um, but, yeah, that's the proper intro. This is BJ of Rock and or Roll. BJ, I've been on your show a handful of times. And uh, BJ could sell me an Edsel. I mean, uh, sometimes I come in with the idea of, like, I know what I'm, I know what I feel and I mean what I say. And then BJ starts talking. I'm like, you know what? Maybe he's right. Yeah, and I you're really good at that. I almost hate you for that, but I gotta, I gotta really give it to you because there's not a lot of people in this world that can actually get me to rethink my set opinions. But you're so good at what you do. And I told, I told, like, well, I was talking about Butler and the Striegels. Every time I listen to Rock and Roll, I don't learn a thing or two. I learn ten or twelve things, and that's why you, you the quality of your show is always great, and uh, it's just a damn honor to finally meet you in the same room that's really what it's all about for me right now so you having a good time i'm exhausted but yeah it's been it's been a crazy day i don't even know what happened today i missed so many things i missed all the live shows because i was hustling i I missed the whole mark slaughter thing i'm talking about i just i just after a while i made peace with it saying you know i'm going to hear all this on their shows and it's all good you were at least in the room for it yeah. All right. I'm going to do a quick bonus round. I'll leave you alone, BJ. First concert. My first concert was Tesla Great White full headlining Badlands opening. Oh, what year? I, 80. Wait. I think it was 89. Okay. It was great radio controversy in twice. Oh, yeah. That's about, yeah, 89. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, first album you remember owning? Well. I can tell you the first thing I bought, like with my allowance or whatever, was Freely's Comet on cassette. Nice, nice. I wish I could be in Poughkeepsie for the 4 by Fate Ace Freely show coming up because if anything's going to happen, I would th- I would theorize that 
if, if you're a Fraley's Comet fan, you probably would want to be there. And that's just speculation, but I got to think that that's, that could be a reality. So you say Fraley. I've said Ace Freely since I was a little kid, and I'm not able Fraley, to kid? I, I'm not able. I have to say Freely. I can't do it. It's all right, man. I know man. it's correct. I know Fraley is the correct pronunciation, sure. but I can't do it. Ken indoctrinated me. I got to hand it to him. <laughs> yeah, so, he tried on me, but it's, I can't do it. Yeah. Cool whip. Okay. Uh, you got you're on death row, and uh, they're about to pull the trigger. You got I, I, I've asked a few people this today. Brian Sword knows what I'm talking about. What song are you playing to take yourself out? I mean, it doesn't have to be a death song, but you know, you got you got one chance. Uh, you're on a, a satellite radio going out all over the world. What one song are you playing? I tallied it up. I've played over two thousand different bands or artists on my podcast. And so there's a lot of songs to choose from. But, you know, if it's the last song, it's the last song I'm ever going to hear. If you want to do it that way, that's fine. But just anything, because you get one song on the show. I made a lot of people payola to play songs today on the show, but I'm making I mean, an exception. Make a good episode with cool songs. Sure. But, I mean, you don't mean to just like, he's a horror. Okay, right? what... Convince anybody out there who's dumb enough to not have heard Rock and or Roll right now to go listen to the Rock and or Roll podcast. What's a damn good representative of, hey, maybe I ought to give this guy a shot? All right, I'll tell you what. Cast the First Stone by Urgent. Done. <laughs> Thank you, BJ.
Uh, is this a documentary? Oh, edit her out. Edit her out. I'm signing. Anytime someone asks me to sign something here, it is the oddest fucking thing. Not just because you've asked me, and that's fine. I realize what I'm signing in the plate. That's a little different. But every time someone asks me to sign the program, I just put a Kiss Exposed quote in there. So in Shallers, I wrote, is this a documentary? You know, so, okay, anyway. Hi, comedy. Uh, this is Rock Strikes 10. This is, of course, your friend Joey. Of course, you're tuned into Rock Strikes 10. You know me already. I would hope, I would damn sure hope that you know my current guests. Uh, I gotta say, I, I'll go into it, but this is Ken Mills. Uh, I, I could do this. Of course, co-founder of Podcast. And I'll go pop. We're gonna do that one. Pop Culture Podcast. Zilch. Uh, and I Cheap Talk with Trick Chat. You always have to put know, the words in order in your brain. Ken, I, I gotta say, I told Gary this. I told him backstage. We have slightly a backstage, which also doubles as a bathroom. And <laughs> so I said, I plugged my first ever iPod into the iTunes library, got that rolling. But as I was kind of importing CDs, as we all did, I... I, I knew the name podcast. So, you know, I went in there and they have the search engine and I typed it in and I said, uh, I typed in rock and roll the first night because I was going to work. I'm like, let's try some of these talk shows. Yeah, let's see what this is about. So I typed in rock and roll and I got Michael Butler. The next, And I was happy with that choice. The next day or the next night I went home, I typed in heavy metal. I got talking metal. So I'm already having a good time here. And then I went, let's roll the dice. Third night, I typed in Kiss. And? And I got Podkissed. I also got Creatures of the Net, actually, weirdly enough. But I got, I, I, I chose the Podkissed first. Happy with that decision. I was so on the ground floor. I was a subscriber during episode two was a brand new thing you were just coming in on the full-time audio portion of it yeah and um i think my earliest memory was you doing um your story you you told a story about buying the lick it up album in a record store and i thought that was one of the more cool personable stories that a fan could tell because we were in a weird era of being a kiss fan and it was just nice to hear that positivity and you made me a subscriber for life with that one story and gary and ferk super charming super nice guys but it was that little bitty touch that got thrown in that one episode okay, so that I said, this is my show. Who knew that getting stuck in Mentor, Ohio, during a snowstorm, stuck in there with our purchases, they wouldn't let us leave the store, it was that bad. Yeah. And I, we, had, we all sat there and listened to Lick It Up and Pretenders had a new album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but who knew that that was the story that would you? You never know sometimes, man. It's, it's, it's the absolute truth. So... I mean, I could fucking talk to you for hours, Ken. I, I love you to death. I love you too. Um, and, and, you know, I've been on podcast a few times. I became Kiss Navy. I got to brag about being on KK2. And we came on and did a really phenomenal Hot in the Shade roundtable. That led led to my bromance with BJ Cramp. That was a good time. It's just, it's been a positive experience all around. Even being a, a minute contributor in some way to the podcast has meant a lot to me. So, you know, they say never meet your heroes, but man, I gotta say, it's been the shit. So. Well, my hero is Ken Mills. <laughs> that is Ian Wadley from The Rock and Mortal Kombat Podcast. Uh, a, po- a podcast. 
crusher too. And the happy ending massage parlor yeah, here in beautiful yeah. downtown Nashville. Yeah. Not yeah. only am I the father, but I'm getting a massage. You know, yeah. I think it comes with the title. That's some next level stuff right yeah. there. Yeah. I'm talking to you later. Ken, I guess I'm the wayward home for wayward homosexuals. Yeah. I really want to talk about uh, all right, this is this is probably a good chance to wrap it up. So I'm I'm gonna do a quick lightning round with you, and then I want you to think of a song to give me at the end of the lightning round. And it's gonna be anything. So let's start. Let's do some lightning round. First concert, Ken. First concert. Uh, I want to say real concert. Or you can do the embarrassing one first, and the real one next. See, I'm not embarrassed about any of my musical choices or okay. anything I've ever done. No, go ahead. I mean, is it something like that you gave a concert at church? No, no, like, okay. like uh, you know, a, a touring act. Let's go yeah, with touring. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Grand Funk Railroad was up there. That was one of the first ones. It's it's kind of, sure. I had this really cool uncle. Yeah, yeah. And, and he took me to a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And so we would see things like, you know, Grand Funk and, and what have you and whatnot. And, and it, 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 he was great. He was very fantastic that... That he was there to like lead me. He was he was the cool guy that always had the new music. Yeah, okay. So I'm gonna say uh, Grand Funk, and then like uh, eventually Alice Cooper, and then of course Kiss. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um, favorite Kiss album overall, and then favorite album overall. Oh, wow. I'm gonna give you two. You no, know, everybody else gets one. I'm giving you two. Well, Kiss album, not Sonny Pony. Kiss album would be Kiss Alive. It's hard to argue. You know, there's times that the world of Kiss things, things can become heartbreaking or make you want to like maybe not be a fan at, at times. Or you know, Kiss fans might even piss you off. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh. Whenever, no, really? <laughs> yeah, really? But when I put Kiss Alive on, any problems I have... Clean slate. Gone. Clean slate. We're back to square. I'm with you. That. I was I was the 10-year-old kid with my first electric guitar jumping off of my bed, ruining the springs, mimicking to Alive. So those kids in the 70s with the tennis rackets, I can relate. I can relate. At least I had a real one. Exactly. Um, as far as every album, overall, gun to your head. It can't. I can't. Um, it, I'm gonna shoot you Beatles, in the head. It's a Beatles album. Help! Help! Ooh, good one. Gun to head right now. Yeah. That's the one. I didn't want to die, so I said help. So no, but seriously. That was good. Help is a great album. Uh, it's a great soundtrack album. Whether you have the American pressing from back in the day. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> but some of my favorite albums are gone, like sure. Yesterday and Today. Mm-hmm. Like, that is one yeah. of my favorite no, albums. No, I'm, I'm with time. you on that. Like so, I said, one of my favorite albums is Ramon's Mania, yeah. but it's just a compilation, yeah. but hell of a compilation. Exactly. You, know. you can't go wrong. I get it, yeah. So I'm going to say Yesterday and Today. Though. Sure, why I'm not? switching from hell. All right, last gun to your head question. I would like for you, I'm, I'm charging everybody else payola for a song on the show, but... You can play one song to the people of Rock Strikes 10 that says, This is me and this is Ken Mills, and this is my song. I am choosing to play anything at all. Oh, wow. Day Tripper. Okay, done deal. Day Tripper. What's version? 
The version. The original version. Mono or stereo? Yeah, your pick. Okay, done deal. You can't go wrong with it. If, if I was in a big blockbuster movie or going to war or something, yeah. and I'm in my Millennium Falcon or my ship, and I'm, I'm going to go in guns blazing, I want to click Day Trooper, and I want the final battle to last only two minutes and, what, 38 seconds, however long the song is. Dig it. I don't want to, like, sit there and go, oh, wait, I'm still dying, and I'm waiting for the next track to go on. I want to die as that song ends. I like it. Ken, thank you so much for coming on Rock Strikes Heads and Honor. Well, more importantly than that, it's an honor to me. It's been all worth it for that reason. It's been all worth it for that reason. You know, a lot of people have come up today and said, and this is really mind-boggling, that, like, you're a reason I'm here today. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's really kind of broken me in a lot of ways because there's so much love. Yeah. And we live in a world where there's not that much love and people aren't that kind. Yeah, I'd like to say I could do this every day, but I don't know if I could take it. Oh, no, no. <laughs> but I'm glad I did it. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I got to meet you and your lovely wife. And uh, we had all of our cast of characters with us. Yeah. It's weird. Every podcaster has their own character. We are rock stars, right? In a way, I suppose, or I mean, in our minds, or uh, no, no, it's it's true. Like I, I was on, I was at a restaurant last night. And I'm sitting there looking at Matt Porter, and I'm looking at Bobby Dreher, and so many podcasts, and I'm like, I know all these guys, and each one of them is unique and different. But Christine, the button queen, the woman that works with us, she yeah. gets buttons for all our shows. Did a great job with us too. Yeah, she does. She does so much for us. But but she she said uh, we, we were. She was saying the things she likes about me is my heart, like the way I am with people. And I said, and you know what? Almost every guy I met here today, it's that same story. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. Right across the board. A lot of love and a lot of coolness. Yeah. And, you know, love to everybody, man. Thank you. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you, Ken. All right. Thank you, Joe. Yeah.
Okay, your friend Joey, live yet canned at the Nashville Rock and Pot Expo. We're doing it Casey Kasem style, and we're at the number seven. Okay, um, two. So I'm here with um, just the, uh, the the man in the kitchen, the Benny Hanna chef of the Nashville Rock and Pot Expo. Uh, between you know. I, I met BJ Cramp in the uh, lobby at the end yesterday, and I compared you guys to Night Shift. Like, like he's Billy Blaze, and you're the Henry Winkler character. You did, you kind of made it all work. You got this crazy idea that someone got in your head, and now we're sitting yeah, here. BJ got in my head. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's, he's the, a bad influence. He is the bad influence, but we love him. So Chris Enzak finally on Rock Strikes, and this is a long time coming. I promise I'm going to get you on for a desert. With all of the yelling and the recording going on, I'm going to get a Pope Mobile next year, and I'm going to be the shit. Okay, so I was talking about, okay, and I, I swear we're going to have you on for a desert island list. You're overdue. Uh, I wouldn't have had the Dick Wagner interview without you. The list goes on. I'm so, happy to help you with that. Oh, God. It was it was my finest hour, easily. Oh, he was one of my favorite people ever, man. God, he should fucking be here, too. This one goes he out to him. He would have been here if he had made if No he had doubt. Around. Yeah. They would have been hounding him all day. He would have loved it. It would have been the I best. I would have pestered the hell out of him. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I had I actually got Corbett to come on, Did and you? I think we lost the audio. Oh, no. So, yeah, that was a good time. But hopefully I'm lying about this, and we found it in the hard drive somewhere down the road. So, I hope so. Yeah, he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. I'll, I'll probably hit you up later if I don't have it. But uh, okay, I can help you with that. Um, but yeah, back to back to you. Uh, lightning round for Chris Senzak. I do this mostly to musicians, but I, I think highly of you. First concert, uh, Kiss, nineteen ninety, Hot in the Shade tour. Good answer. That was my second. Okay. May fifth, nineteen ninety, Dallas Starplex. I saw them. It was like June twenty eighth, nineteen ninety, and at. Uh, Starwood Amphitheater, Nashville. Nice. Uh, I was at the last show of the drum solo when it got it got dropped the night oh. after, and it came back later in the tour, of course. Yeah, they did. But I did get show. to see one of the drum solos. So. Yeah, me too. And I consider the fact that I got to see Eric Carr play live is a uh, that's a memory I'll never forget. I will always take that with me. My first is Poison, by the way. Good times. Uh, open up tour. So, first record. First record. Oh, first record I bought. Yeah. Uh, first vinyl album I bought in person. Was, well, if we're not counting stupid movie soundtracks that I thought were cool. Oh, I want to hear that one. Okay. Uh, I bought the. Oh God, I'm being stalked. Can't stop the music. The soundtrack to the Village People. This is the second right. time you've crashed my show. You've God crashed damn it. everyone's show today, Wadzilla. I love you, buddy. All right. Uh, I bought uh, Ghostbusters, Footloose. I had all those. Uh, what else did I? Oh, I had. Uh, I owned a couple more, but like Back to the Future, I had that Have one. That like 1984-85. If it Sound was soundtracks were the shit then, man. Well, it was one. Of, it was a. It was faulty thinking of of a of an eight year old where it's like, yeah. I love this movie, so the soundtrack must be great. <laughs> That's not always the case because yeah. it's usually cast off songs that didn't make the album. I'm gonna do an episode of bad movies with good soundtracks. Mm. What do you think of that? That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. It's all better right. than yeah. good movies with horrible soundtracks. Yeah, exactly. Because there's too many. <laughs> yeah, there's right. way too many. All the Marvel movies. Anyway, yeah. no, all the older Marvel movies. But the first vinyl album, rock wise, that I bought was David Lee Roth's Skyscraper. Ooh, good answer. I have that. I still have my original vinyl. I just bought that thing on 180 Friday Music reissue. The reissue is awesome. Oh, shit. Yeah. I love Pods and Sods. They're real fucking loud right now, though. I know. 
I okay. can't wait to actually listen okay. to all these shows. Oh, the train wreck, so man. It's going to be. <laughs> all right. So a little preview. If you want to do a little preview for your Desert Island list, oh, it doesn't have to be your favorite, but like you get to play one song on my show right now. So one song. the mic is yours. Go. Well, I, w- I did Covers and Fire earlier, and I picked Opium Trail by Thin Lizzy, so I'm not going to pick a Thin Lizzy one. Why don't I just go with the tried and true with Kiss, and we'll go with uh, the Alive version of Got to Choose. Good one. I might sing that later and get the gong. So, awesome. All right. <laughs> Oh shit! But he, testament to how amazing that song is. All right, edit it, edit her out, edit her out. Sorry, you have to choose another song. I have to choose another one. Um, that was a paid request, so I gotta do that. Okay, um, I'll stick with Kiss, and I'll I'll go like a, I'll pull a one eighty on you. We'll do. How about we do uh, "In the Mirror" from Carnival of Souls? Oh, all right. That's not that's not bad. That's actually one of the songs she likes on Carnival of Souls. I, I love she hates whole, it otherwise. I love the whole album. Talking about Nola. We had the producer here today. I kept her away from Toby Wright like on purpose to today. Oh, t- on t- today on purpose. Yes. All right, Sinzak. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Please subscribe to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Like you need the numbers, but do it anyway if you haven't. For me, for your old pal Joey. I need the numbers. I'm not Eddie Trunk. Oh, come on. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris.
we're back in the Rock Strikes 10 studios. Not so fresh from the Nashville Rock and Pot Expo because it's a you know about three freaking oh, weeks afterwards. Oh, we are quite a bit removed from the expo, but it is still very clear in our minds. <laughs> yes, it is. We had a blast. I wanted to publicly come on the air here and thank my better half Nola for holding it down all day. She really took care of things. Took care of me. Everybody loves Nola. All the podcasters love her. So just extra tribute to you. My, I, my well, sweet I mean, lady. I, I don't know what to say other than thank you. So thank you. It's very sweet. You're making me really uncomfortable with all the compliments. Yes, that was my intention. Because <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're that wound up, then you're just going to start ranting and raving and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, basically, I'm bringing you on here because for that, of course, that's the most important thing. The other oh. reason is we are short on songs. To make this I'm a part saying, two. I was sorry. If you would please stop yelling at me, that would be great. I see what you did there. You you butter me all up, and then you're like, somebody lost the audio. <laughs> no, the uh, the Google Chrome uh, the computer laptop, lost the audio. It makes it sound like a monster when I call it the Google Chrome. It's the Google Chrome's fault. Yeah, sure it is. Yeah, sure. He's right here in the room. It's the universal monster. <laughs> yes. So. You get uh, free reign to pick songs all you want, but I'm still going to give you a song on this episode. <laughs> what would you like to hear, sweetie? Uh, well, I just found out that there is going to be a new 7-inch single from Bash and Pop with a, not European, an Eastern U.S. Uh, fall tour. So uh, East Coast sounds good, too. East Coast. What did I say? You said Eastern. Eastern. <laughs> Eastern tour. Eastern tour. Uh, leave it all in. I don't care. <laughs> uh, there's going to be a cool little East Coast tour, so you guys on the East Coast need to definitely check that out. I'm super jealous that I don't get to go see him again. Yeah. Um, but let's play Unfuck You by Bash and Pop and the great Tommy Stinson. Yeah. I'm excited to do that as long as that's not dedicated to me. Not dedicated to you. <laughs>
All right, I'm back here in the Rock Strikes 10 studios, much like on the last segment here. Nola has left for the day, but I'm here to introduce the last song as well as tell you everything that you listen to, you know, just to get the all the info that you, you appreciate here on Rock Strikes 10. First off, we had Mark Striegel from Talking Metal and Talking Rock. His pick was King Dude with Lucifer's The Light of the World. Comes off the album Love from 2011. We continued on with Aaron Camaro of the Decibel Geek Podcast. Hell of a nice guy. He picked Ace Fraley's Ozone from, of course, the 1978 solo album. Continuing on, Julian Gill. Great to meet that guy as well. It's great to meet everybody, of course. Julian does the Kiss FAQ Podcast. In addition to the gamut of books that he's written on Kiss, they are all super quality books. I highly recommend them. I need to be purchasing more myself. So go support Julian Gill's books and check out Kiss FAQ. And he picked Zodiac Mind Warp and the Love Reaction with Elvis Died for You, 1991, off their second record. Then Greg Rinoff, another author. Greg Rinoff of Van Halen Rising. Go pick up that book, of course. I mean, anything Van Halen, right? But it happens to be a real quality book. He picked the Dewey Brothers, What a Fool Believes, from the Minute by Minute record from 1978. And one of the reasons he picked that is because Ted Templeman also produced that track, the basically in-house Warner Brothers producer of that era. And as of right now, it seems like Greg's next book is actually going to be a book about Ted Templeman. So looking forward to that. I'm a big production nerd, so I'll definitely be reading that. And then Brian Sword from the Double Stop Podcast. He picked the classic Rebel Yell off of the album of the same name from 1983 by Billy Idol and also featuring the great Steve Stevens on lead guitar because he talked about interviewing him. Go check out the Double Stop Podcast for that interview as well as many others. Then, of course, BJ, the great BJ Cramp of Rock and or Roll, the Rock and or Roll podcast. I've been on about three episodes of that. And I say that, and I said this to many of the podcasters that you know I happen to be in the room with Mark Striegel and John Astronomy and Emily Striegel and Michael Butler. BJ walks in the room, and I said, "This fucking guy over here, this guy knows how to do a rock and roll podcast." I always learn a thing or twelve whenever I listen to the Rock and Roll podcast. Make that the book quote. All right, BJ picked a band called Urgent with a song called Cast the First Stone. Now, I hadn't heard Urgent before this. And then, as luck would have it, literally about a week and a half ago, I happened upon a copy of this at my job on clearance. I'm holding it in my hand right now. I purchased Urgent's Cast the First Stone, where that song came from, album of the same name. And here's proof that I purchased it. From 1984, looking at the cover here, uh, there's the guy on top of the Charlie Sexton hair, you look on the back, the label is EMI Manhattan, which I remember from the 80s. I remember Corey Hart was on that label. And it says on the bottom, produced by Ian Hunter and Mick Ronson. How cool is that? So look forward to listening to the whole thing there. I haven't even done that yet, but I have heard the title track, because you did as well on this episode. Cast the First Stone from 1984. Another great guy, of course. The great Kim Mills, one of my podcasting influences from Podcast, from Zilch. From pop you know what have you Kim Mills is a great guy he picked Beatles Day Tripper from 1965 that was a single release of course it's the Beatles Beatles and the last live conversation at the expo that we had 
was with the guy, along with BJ Cramp, that helped put that whole thing together. Mr. Chris Sinzak of the Decibel Geek Podcast. He picked Kiss in the Mirror from Carnival of Souls from 1997, much to my wife's chagrin. <laughs> and of course, Nola came here at the end, live with me in the studio. She picked Bash and Pops, Unfuck You, from their album Anything Can Happen that came out this year. And I've got one more song to play for you so we can make it an even 10 like we do on every episode here. And I'm going to go with yet one more person whose audio just disappeared off the face of the planet. And that one's especially a real shame. We had a great conversation. Just a nice, personable dude. And I was just like, I just thought he was just like hanging out like, Oh, hey, what's your name? Who are you with? And, I, and he was waiting to go on this other show. And he was like, yeah, my name is Matt, and his name is Matt McCormick. He's a singer-songwriter, and he's like, I just recorded a song with Gene Simmons, and I'm like, sit down. <laughs> so we had a really cool conversation, and I promised him I'd play the song on the show. Happy to play it. You can buy this tune as well on iTunes. It is a legit collaboration between this man here, Matt McCormick, and Gene Simmons. Yes, that Gene Simmons, not jumping Gene Simmons, but... Gene Simmons from the rock group Kiss. So it's a terrible impersonation. Other people do it way better. But everybody does one now, right? So Matt McCormick has this song. Go buy it on iTunes. It's called Pride. That's what we're going to end the show with here. So let's do something out of the ordinary. I'm just going to play the song, and then we'll play the outro, and then get out of here. So while I'm yammering here, please stay tuned to cnjradio.com for every episode of Rock Strikes 10 including the episodes that iTunes no longer features. While you're on there, stick around for the Synaptic Empire podcast, my table mate at the National Rock and Pot Expo, Mr. Randy Brown, who is a true alternative, and his show is great. And he's got a lot of audio from the National Rock and Pot Expo on his feed, so go check it out. In addition to that, I know I've teased it forever, but Last Theater on the Left, the brand new... Well, slightly brand new. We did like three episodes before this. But the slightly brand new uh, movie podcast, which is hosted by Chris of cnjradio.com, the guy that makes it happen. And I'm just a a lackey co-host on that show. But it's a lot of fun. If you're a fan of horror and cult trash, all that kind of stuff, you're going to find it on Last Theater on the Left. As of this recording today, October 1st, Last Theater on the Left will have 13 shows in 13 days. We'll recover the entire franchise of Friday the 13th. So if you're a fan or if you know any fans, check out Last Theater on the Left. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Never miss a single episode. And so since I didn't lie about that, I'm not lying to you about the fact that Wrestling House Show has podcasts coming soon. Very very soon. Stay tuned. CNJRadio.com for all things rock culture. Alright, I'm going to get out of here. And last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Space Spirit for the awesome outro. Hopefully Pete can be at next year's Rock and Pod Expo. That would be awesome. Let's go to Facebook.com slash Space Spirit Band for more information. Purchase their latest album, Gone, and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. Alright, I appreciate you listening to me yammer on for the last few minutes. Here's Matt McCormick and Gene Simmons with Pride. We'll see you on the next one. Have fun.